You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You want to learn a fun fact, kids? <laughs> Just kidding. Welcome back to the show. It's The Big Show. Russick and Rose. George Russick is not here. I'm Matt Rose. He's Peter Klein. Hi. He's Patty Dumas. Oh. GVP's in the other room. Hello. We're having we're a grand old time. Stuff. Yeah, we're learning stuff. Um, hey, I wanted to ask you guys something that, listen, it is what it is. This is this is going to be something that we have to deal with from now until he is either an angel forever or no longer an angel. But yesterday, Jeff uh, Passon, I always want to say Payson because of the rink down in Okotoks. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeff Passon. Uh, who is dealing with a broken back right now, by the way, mm. because a tree fell on him in his yard. Yeah, during a storm. Which is, <laughs> whoa. Hey, yeah. stay inside during storms. <laughs> Seems simple. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but also, like, what? Yeah, that sucks. And uh, he was tweeting about it. If you go check out his Twitter, you can see the size of the tree that literally landed on him. He's going to make it into a bat, he said. But he's also going to be covering the trade deadline, maybe on some pain meds. Yeah. <laughs> which um, could lead to a lot of fun. So I guess we have to take some things with a grain of salt. But I'm going to go ahead and say that his story yesterday that was posted on the ESPN main website was fairly well checked right. and well versed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone felt good about what he had put together before they put it out. And he's just one of the best to cover the sport. So yeah. you have that going for you as well. But. Uh, obviously, we're preparing for the MLB trade deadline, August the 1st, if yes. I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, so just a few days away from now. Um, Shohei Otani is kind of the one guy that keeps getting mentioned. They, The Angels have to decide, mm-hmm. are we going to try and make a push for the postseason with this superstar player who, sure, we can try and re-sign him when the season ends, but the, the key word there is try, because every other team is also going to be able to try, and there are other teams that are going to be able to offer more than the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So, the question begs. Well, here's what I'm going to do. There, there's this little clip in the in the story, um, a, a little segment of the story. We got Texty McTexterson to, to read it here for you. We'll start with that. Despite currently holding the final wild card spot, Toronto hasn't done enough to convince ownership to open up the coffers, leaving the Blue Jays precisely where they've been all season, the muddled middle. That said, when asked where Otani could wind up if he's moved, three of the most popular answers from executives are Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. The Blue Jays are a longer shot due to a thinner farm system. Okay, so there's a few things there. Um, I I don't understand where the whole like they haven't done enough to convince ownership, and I don't I don't get that because the teams in front of them are playing. Uh, they the Rays got off to a historic start. Yeah, that got the Yankees last year got off to an historic start. They did. Now if the Yankees and Rays don't get off to their crazy starts. The AL East was a lot closer, so I think like I think Toronto's done quite well, and with the roster that is assembled, with what they had to play around them. This is also one of the differences between baseball and hockey. Yeah. Like if you are a wild card team and in the spot yeah. that like the Jays are, you know, a couple of two and a half games yeah. up, like the NHL, I'd equate that to being like, you know, one or two points up, three points up mm-hmm. on your opposition in the wild card race. Teams would be looking to add. And mm-hmm. that would be no question. That's mm-hmm. not the murky like yes, some fans would say, Hey, that's the murky middle. I 
I don't believe that in the NHL there's four or five teams every year that can win. I believe that pretty much anybody can go out and win any given moment. But that being said, it's not really the same thing in baseball. Right. If you're in a wild card spot and they've extended the wild card too, and Mm -hmm. maybe that's part of it right now where, you know, even that extended wild card team doesn't get the same respect because baseball has been one of those sports that if you're one of the top teams in a five game series, your, your starters are better. Your position players are better. Your relievers are better. And you're going to win that series almost Mm -hmm. every single time. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. So to hear that they're just in the murky middle and they haven't shown enough to have the organization open up the coffers. It's a little jarring, yeah. But then it's just one of those things. Given the sport, you, you kind of have to adjust. To yeah, it. you fall asleep at the wheel for a week. It could be over in baseball for sure. Well, you saw that with the wild card round last time for the Jays, right? Yep. That you run into a hot pitcher in Luis Castillo, mm-hmm. and then just happen to blow an eight-one lead, and all of a sudden your season's over, right? Like it's just a weekend and it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is the 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 stress of the wild card. And if the playoffs were to start today, uh, the Blue Jays get the Twins in the first round of the playoffs. I would favor Toronto, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden, like Pablo Lopez goes seven strong, you're down one nothing in a series. Barrios struggles in game two, mm-hmm. and now you've just traded eight prospects for Shohei Otani, and you have nothing to show for it. Like it's it it, it can be a little bit tricky, but I, I feel like where the Blue Jays are at right now, where you are kind of running out of time on the cheapness of Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yes, n- now seems to be the time to make that coffer opening move. Well, and and yeah, like. You look at the other guys who are having solid years around the team, too. Like, they're not getting any younger. Like, Matt Chapman is not getting any younger. Right. You are pulling the absolute most that you can out of guys like Kevin Kiermeyer and Whit Merrifield and players of that kind of level, right? Like, yeah. I We talked about it yesterday on the show. Is there one spot when you look at this team that you say, this is where they need to put more more assets they need to invest here i don't know if anything glares at you right now i mean passing mentioned they they'd like obviously the upgrade in the rotation and they'd like an upgrade at dh and shohei fills both those right there (laughs) yeah Yeah, there you go that's fine he's like oh boom there yeah, you the, go. the position that they're lacking right now is How the Babe Ruth not spot. Yet? It's that simple. It's that easy. They'd like more out of their DH spot because Brandon Belt has been inconsistent there, and obviously their pitching rotation has been up and down. After you know, after Gosman and Barrios, you know, you get Bassett, who's been okay, but then it's like, okay, Kikuchi, you don't know what you're going to get. Ryu hasn't played in over a year. You don't know what you're going to. Alec Manoa is completely not, like uh, you don't know what you're getting with him right now. So. Yeah, the, that's why it would make sense to go get Otani because he he's automatic. He would fit maybe better than any like Otani fits anywhere, but I think Toronto is just like he would just fit like a dang glove here. Yeah, no, I agree. I do think that the greatest player in the history of the sport would be a nice fit for the well, Blue yeah, Jays. Well, yeah, for I sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like it, it just one of the things. Um, going back to the last time the Blue Jays made that push, right? 2015. Yeah. We remember the the tweet from Ken Rosenthal at midnight. Too low to the Blue Jays. Yeah. And then the the Jays going out and da- getting David Price. Th- this is, I like to think of myself as analytically minded and stuff like that. But Look it at just, you. the vibes changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Th- there was. And they were shift. under 500, I think, when yeah, they made that. They, they those were below 500. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the Blue Jays at that point, and I, I've interviewed people who are on that team, and they're not going to tell me, ah, oh, I don't know, we got lucky. But. Everyone on that team was like, oh, we're just not going to lose again. And I do think there is an aspect of that with Shohei Otani where, again, if you go out and get the best player in the sport, it can't hurt. 
but <laughs> it does feel like a type of a move where it kind of gets everyone like, okay, we are, we're not just here to play two games in Minnesota and go home. Mm-hmm. We are in this thing. Yeah. And so I, I think there's a, a bit of that to this as well, you know? Because I don't like, there are probably players out there that can put you over the top and whatnot. They can get you to that point, but I don't know. Like, Again, it, it is such a long shot to even think that Shohei would like that, that the Angels would even entertain an offer from the Toronto Blue Jays because oh, it's Tiedemann, it's uh, Arelvis Martinez, it's yeah. and there's your top two. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you're you're it's a grim farm system right now. Think but, they want Nate Pearson? Uh, uh, probably they, not. They, they they've had really good luck lately with pitchers. Manoa so last year, really want, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you would have to the, the way that Toronto can kind of uh, I think spin this is that the prospects that you would be giving are close, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the, this is an Angels team that I don't think they still have Mike Trout, so yeah. I don't think that they're going to be looking at this as like, oh yeah, five year rebuild. They mm-hmm. they want something that's a little bit more immediate. And I think Tiedemann is probably on a big league roster next year. I think Martinez is probably on a big league roster mm-hmm. next year. If you throw uh, throw in, but if you put in. A, a couple of guys off the big league roster as well. Like if the Alejandro Kirk goes the other way because mm-hmm. Danny Jansen is just Johnny Bench now. Um, <laughs> but it, it, if you put in a Kirk and then young position player X, does that entice the Angels? Like, hey, you have four guys who are going to help your team next year instead of a couple of prospects from like a Baltimore or a Tampa Bay who are quality, but they're in high A and mm-hmm. something like that. You know, I wonder if that's kind of the spin. Like, hey, we can, because we're, again, yeah. we're getting Shohei freaking Outney. Um, <laughs> we can afford to give up a couple of things off the big league roster here because we're going to have like two of the five best hitters in the sport. Best player in ball and text. He can't even get his name right. Oh, right. Outney. Um, like, but in all seriousness, he's not getting dealt, right? Probably like, not. what do we like? Come on. Like, oh, yeah, Wayne Gretzky got traded. Yeah, sweet. That's because that's, uh, Peter Pocklington needed money. Those eras were completely different. Those were the eras of backroom card game yeah. dealings. <laughs> yeah. Dudes were literally one in games of Baccarat and stuff like that. Hey. So, the, 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 the Jets lost Gretzky on an airplane. So, yeah, yeah. In, a, in, a, in, a, in a board game. <laughs> the one way that he actually gets moved is, A, if they just have an atrocious week. Like, if they go into Toronto and just get their brains beat in. Yeah, three, um, the three, the three and a half back of the wild there. card. Right. Three and a half back of the wild card. Trout will be back in a month. But you have an owner who, like, he, he will spend, but there is a limit. This isn't Steve Cohen who's going to, mm. oh, yeah, $750 million. Let's just roll with it. Like, there is a limit, and I don't think you can go into negotiations with Shohei Otani think you're going to get him where you're the one who is dictating the price because that's not how it's going to go. If they kind of realize, like, look, we are actually going to lose this dude. Hey, can we go to an auction with the L.A. Dodgers? Yeah. No, nobody yeah. can. No. Yeah, you're not even the most desirable option in your city. So <laughs> I, I don't know how you think that this is going. So every bit of logic, I get three and a half games out. Every bit of logic says you have to trade this guy. Isn't there a certain level of why don't we just move him somewhere so maybe he signs somewhere else other than L.A.? Because, like, do you really want to be known as the other L.A. team that didn't even get him to the playoffs because you couldn't build a team around him? Yeah. Like, because that's where it's at right now. Yeah. It is. Like, the fact that Mike Trout's played, what, three postseason games is one of the biggest travesties in 
probably baseball ownership and management. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Before like three games. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is Barry Sanders level of screwing up. He quit the game because he couldn't get the playoffs. Yeah. And now like it's very clear that Trout's body is breaking. Like he's still one of the best players in the sport, but it's very clear like you have missed that window. So to not make the playoffs with those two guys is just, it is earth shatteringly incompetent. And then to, to come away with this with nothing, it, say they like make a push and don't make it, to come away with this run with Shohei Otani with nothing but like a bunch of new fans in Japan and um, a bunch of merch sold, right? But like something but now the, those merch sales are going to drop like a sale. stone, right? Exactly, yeah. Like I, this wh- Trout is no longer the shiny toy. He's like the old, he's like the N sixty four when we're all playing on Series X. <laughs> but yeah, it, like it's cool every once in a while, but like you know. Yeah, like all all of those things are going going to go away. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I heard the, on the uh, athletic baseball show, they were talking about this. All the teams, like whether it's the Blue Jays or the Dodgers or the Mets, who are saying like, "Yeah, we'll sign them and we'll get all this sponsorship money in." The Angels aren't getting that new boost. All of that is in, right? Like that they have all of the ad. There, there's billboards for Shohei everywhere in Tokyo. Um, all of that sponsorship money, all of that Japanese whatever money is already in for the Angels. You're not getting more of it. So you don't have the same, oh, we'll just make a bunch of extra money off of this when we yeah. sign him. So I think that puts them behind the eight ball in this a little bit as well. Uh, the other teams named are Baltimore and Tampa Bay, which is, that's not good. So no. you may as well just try and throw your biggest price just to try and get that cost up as high as you possibly can. Yeah. Because even if you don't win, you don't want a division rival getting him for, you know, listen, it's not going to be cheap, but you want to have them pay as much as possible for a guy like this and try and, you know, subtract from their playing roster at the same time. We have to take a break. Dave Dickinson is going to be calling us in just a couple of minutes here. The head coach and general manager of the Calgary Stampeders. Just want to let you know as well, uh, Canada did score. Did you see who got the tally? Uh, Adriana Leon. Uh, we're now in the 64th minute. Canada is leading 2-1. to one. Uh, after allowing that goal in, what, the fourth minute early yeah. on off a corner. Yeah. Uh, they've come back and been able to plot a couple and uh, now lead plenty of time here still to go. Uh, maybe it'll be done by the time we talk to Dave. We'll find out. Uh, he joins us next. We also have uh, from the Boston Globe, Steve Conroy is going to join us, and Rob Wilson, the Executive Vice President of Competition and Player Relations for Slamball at 8.45. We have Impossible Flames Trivia for VK Bruco at 8.45. Uh, all of that coming up in hour number three. Dave Dickinson will join us next. Talking about the Jays, uh, the Rogers Jays Care Celebrity Golf Classic is coming to Calgary on Thursday, August the 3rd at the Winston Golf Club. Had a ton of fun last year doing this event, talking to former Blue Jays, talking about Jays Care and all the great stuff that it does really across the country. The annual golf tournament will include Blue Jays alumni and other local Calgary sports celebrities in support of Challenger Baseball. Challenger Baseball was specifically designed to empower children, youth, and adults living with physical and or cognitive disabilities for more information or to donate, please visit jayscaregolf.ca. Uh, once again, coming up August the 3rd at the Winston Golf Club. Uh, get some more information. Come participate if you can. It doesn't say if there's spots open. Hopefully there is. Uh, we'll take a break. Around the corner, Dave Dickinson joins the show. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the program. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Russick will be back eventually. I'm Matty Rose. He's Peter Klein, Patty Dumas producing GVP, 
in the other room as well. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studios. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. They also deal with your radon. It's important. Heard that. Yeah. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to be joined by the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders. He is Dave Dickinson. And uh, yesterday wasn't a practice day for the group. It was the day off between weeks. But it was a busy day for the general manager portion of Dave Dickinson's title as uh, there was a trade. There was some signings. There's lots to talk about. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Wish I was better, but that's the way it goes. Yes, uh, understandably so. We'll get to trades. We'll get to signings in a little bit. But I guess first off, just the most recent contest against the Ottawa Red Blacks. A tough loss. Two points came down to a two-point conversion in overtime. Uh, Just how do you look back at a game that feels like it was right there for the taking like a lot of games have been this season? Yeah, I mean... uh... We didn't make the plays when we had to. It wasn't like guys weren't playing hard and playing well at certain stages, but uh, looking at the game, there's always a couple plays. You're like, man, if we made that play in that situation, it would have been a different outcome. But that's sports. It's hard. That's why why you love to watch it, but it's also Mm. that's why uh, the stress certainly uh, can can build up on your team. But as a group, uh, we were down again, but we have been resilient. We've showed that we'll – we show up to play. Uh, we just got to try to trust the process that we're getting better, and I think we are. Uh, we just haven't put it together as a full team, and we're not as consistent as we want to be. Now, one of the things that your group has talked about is, you know, every week you have a game plan, how to handle opposition. One of the big talking points was Dustin Crum, the mobile quarterback. Your team operated a lot of spy on him, but he was still able to rack up some yards with his legs. How did you feel your team did kind of defending Dustin Crum and and applying the game plan to de- to slow down that offense? I mean, uh, I don't think defensively we, we played as well as we wanted to. We've been really good all year. We yeah. we kind of fell into a funk the last three minutes of the SAS game, and, and then uh, this wasn't our best. So, you know what? They, they we're a team. we got to chalk it up and play well as a group. Uh, we didn't tackle very well, though. We missed a lot of chances on him. He, he's strong. He did a good job. Uh, we, we had our chances early and, and some good calls that we just didn't finish. And uh, then, like I said, we did wear out. You know, offensively, we, we put them in some tough positions with some turnovers. And, and even when uh, that didn't happen, we had some big plays offensively, but that put the defense right out there. And I just felt like it kind of got worn out. And, and by the end of it, uh, just didn't look like themselves. As the game went on, as the season goes on, we're seeing Jake Mayer kind of take steps forward, this offense get more comfortable. It's been a lot of changing pieces through the first seven weeks of the season. And one of those is Mark and Michelle returning to your organization, had an outstanding game, had a couple of big touchdowns. How much more comfortable does he feel compared to when he joined the group a couple weeks back? Well, probably a question for Mark, but I did feel like he had his legs and his, you could see the jump and uh, made a great over-the-shoulder catch on his first touchdown. And then, uh, you know, we did have a good design. We we put in a play to try to take advantage of a, a look that we saw, and it, it did work perfectly. But for him to pull away from their guys, uh, that, that was that was good to see for the 95-yard touchdown. So a really solid, good game for Mark and a guy, you know, 
we have had our injuries and we've been trying to bring people in and uh for the most part they're really doing a good job in making our team competitive we just got to win we just got to find that way to to get over the hump and win these games you you mentioned that first touchdown grab can you kind of quantify how tough of a catch that was because it looked like he was set up inside shoulder rotated outside shoulder right as the ball arrived and kept his feet in bounds well, I mean, that's probably a throw and a catch that he's done in practice quite a bit. Um, maybe not always a Jake, though. Um, we, we they were playing hard inside leverage on our guys. That's why we hit hit one down the sideline to Clark early. And that's also why they got the interception, the pick six, as they were jumping things and staying so hard inside. It was tough to get there. So Jake made a good read, made a good throw. It was a nice catch, though, right there. Not only a great catch to get the, get the foot down before scoring, uh, you know, we had a lot of good plays, a lot of good plays. Uh, offensively, we did uh, throw the ball uh, our best game in a long time. Uh, but we also had a couple, uh, three critical turnovers. And we just can't do that. Can't give the ball away. Uh, that hurts our defense too much. Uh, I, I was going to ask about the, the game that Jake had here. Uh, it did seem like he was a bit more comfortable pushing the ball down the field. Like you said, maybe a couple mistakes you'd want back. But it, it did seem like there was a, another step taken, at least from the comfort of my couch. Uh, well, what did you uh, or how did you assess the, the play of your quarterback against Ottawa? I mean, made some really good throws. I mean, hit guys. Yeah, guys were open, but he hit them right in stride, which allows us big plays and uh, moved around well in the pocket as well. The main thing for Jake, I mean, he is definitely getting better, and I like where his game's going. But the one area we got to be better on is what we call our zone read game. We've had a we put the ball on the carpet twice with the running back, uh, where it's his decision either to give it or pull it. And uh, we've kind of been in that no-man zone. Did we give it or did we pull it? I don't know. The ball's in the ground and we've lost it twice. And the, those are just little things we can't do. Like you can get away with uh, punting, especially with our punter. But you just can't give the opposition that, that short fields or you lose all your momentum by giving them turnovers. But he played well. The one thing I love about Jake, yeah, he makes a mistake or something doesn't go his way. It doesn't phase him at all. He just steps back into the huddle and sees what he sees, and he, he really was delivering the ball. I mean, that was a impressive uh, performance throwing the ball. Uh, as Matt mentioned, you, you had the, the general manager's cap on yesterday with uh, a few moves, one of them a familiar face coming back to town with uh, Ja'Gara Davis reacquired um, from Hamilton. What does he bring to your team as you make that move midseason? We're trying uh, to fill some holes with injuries. We don't know exactly where we're at on that front, but, um, you know, they were – they were kind of, uh, I guess, in them felt like they had JD was expendable. That they could, they could, they had other players. We were uh, not really looking as hard as just listening. And uh, then when we got a chance to to bring him in, I think he's always been a great player. He really has. Um, he gives us problems when we have to game plan against him. He's versatile. He's he's uh, he can run. I mean, the crazy thing, and I mean, I don't know, we didn't do it for this, but every year he's been in the league, he's been in the Great Cup. So if we if we get that out of them, we'll be we'll be super happy. And um, yeah, it's crazy. Six years, six great cups, and uh, he's with us three years. He knows us. He knows our system. You know, we're trying to get him up to speed and try to get him in the game as quick as possible. For for a season where it feels like every game is going to be so important, with things being tight, um, either with Saskatchewan or, or potentially a crossover as well, how important was it to to bring in someone who is familiar with a lot of things that can kind of hit the ground running with your team? I think he's just, well, I want good football players, you know, and uh, we're going to have some more changes. We definitely lost some of some of our best guys, and we're going to have some changes, and we're going to have to to piece in some players on that. Uh, 
brought Brad Muhammad back, another guy. Our, D, our DB room is also beat up. Um, we're going to bring another guy in, Alex Changham. It's, uh, he just played with BC in the preseason, and we've had on our NAG list for a while. So we're just going to try to keep competing and try to find the best mix-and-match team we've got. Really not worried yet about crossover or where we're going to fit. We just got to get better. We got to start winning football games, and I believe it's a process. So I don't think it happens overnight. And uh, as long as our guys come to work and are ready to go, I do believe this team can get there. You've kind of mentioned it. you're going to be dealing with some injuries this week. We'll we'll find out a little bit more practice injury reports later today. The whole nine yards, but um, is it? Are we going to be without G, uh, James Waters for a little while for the group? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's certainly it's looking that way. So uh, we, we have to decide exactly what's going on there. But he got he got uh, he got nicked up uh, right at the end of the game. I think it was the second to the third last play. Yeah. It was unfortunate, but uh, we have other guys too. You'll see it, and uh, we just feel like we've got to keep bringing guys in to compete. But also, we have to find some guys that have CFL experience because um, we can't wait a month to develop uh, that chemistry. We've got to we've got to turn it on right now. What progression have you seen from that defensive line over the last little bit? Like for James, it felt like he was really starting to kind of hit his stride the last three or four weeks here. I agree, and I think, I mean, each each game a different guy steps up. I really mm-hmm. believe Mike Rose had his best game of the year. He was he was a menace out there and played great. Um, and Vought's been great for us. Uh, you know, he does have the five sacks, and his work ethic and his leadership uh, are really positives. And we're happy with Julian on the other edge, too. We just been Wigo and then and, and inside with Ram there. We we do sometimes. They don't get a lot of stats, but they're the guys holding it together. So we got a good D-line. You know, we did a lot of three-man rush. Like you said, spy last week, very difficult on our on, – you know, when you sometimes have seven guys blocking three, going to be mm-hmm. tough to have pressure. Uh, that was the scheme that we employed. You know, it uh, wasn't super successful. At times we did well. Other times, it, you know, he, he was able to get out and find throws or runs. Um, that's uh, That certainly is tough on D linemen when you're only rushing three. But tried to keep him bottled up, and, and, uh, and that was the plan. Uh, Peyton Logan was kind of the guy tabbed to be your main returner going into the season, dealing with an injury right now. So you've had to kind of move some things around. Have you liked what you've seen from Clark Barnes and Tommy Lee Lewis as far as uh, getting that ball out and giving you better field position? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. We address ways to get better each and every week. And one yeah. of the things was special teams, uh, not only in, in a return game, which we've been pretty good in our coverage. And the guys responded and played well against a really good group. Um, we all played Ottawa in special teams. Uh, our punter did an amazing job at, at getting extra hang time. A couple of those, I couldn't even find the ball. It was so high. And uh, we put more speed on the field. Uh, we put uh, Tyson Middlemost and Bailey Devine Scott um, we've more speed to try to cover those longer punts and the guys did a great job. And you're right on our return game. We've got some weapons, you know, Clark, uh, definitely stuck it up in there and, you know, got every yard he could. And then Tommy is really dynamic. He, he is someone that when he gets the ball, you know, uh, he's got some chances to, to hit a home run. So we got better. We did some things with our roster to, 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 to challenge our guys and they responded, um, yeah, so so some positives. It's just tough to think of all the positives when you actually lose the game. But yeah. the special teams guys, they did come to play. Uh, sticking with special teams, I'm sure he would have rather to win than a milestone. But uh, Renee Paradis gets to, to 2,000 points for the career. Um, it, it just it's got to a point where it kind of feels automatic. How how nice is that to have that kind of consistency from your your kicker over the last decade or so? No, he's been he's been great. Um, 
you know, it's crazy. I swear sometimes his field goal percentage is is as higher, higher than his extra point percentage. We missed one early <laughs> and uh, kind of got us off, off, off the track a little bit. But, you know, the big thing with Renee is when the game's on the line, and I don't know if he looked at his kickoff too. It was he, he, he darn near got us the single at the end. Yeah. I mean, he just crushed it. So you know, it's, he's he's one of the best, if not the best, and uh, keeps working hard too. I don't think he's slowing up. I think he keeps putting the time in, working on his body, his strength, and obviously his mind is strong. And um, really feel good about him when when he comes in uh, for any crunch time field goals. Um, I'm curious now, kind of a, a bigger picture question. We're, we're a few weeks now into uh, the head coach and GM title. Um, is it tough to shut the GM part of the brain off during the game, or ha- have you noticed like any changes in, in how you're watching these games now with the, the extra responsibilities added on? <laughs> Not during the game, no. Nope. Uh, because you're just trying to win a game, and you're so you're so singularly focused on, on what you're trying to do to win, and you're thinking of game management and situations and uh, challenges and adjustments, and they're really not worried about who gets hurt and who doesn't. But you're right on days off, like yesterday, you know, we're trying to do game plans and do this, and I'm just, I'm not in the room as much. So credit to the coaches for stepping up and, and, and doing uh, an outstanding job. I liked what we've been doing. Uh, we've talked as a three-phase group, though. Each one of us is in the three phases has, has, has had a, a game that we want back, and we just got to try to find a way to put it all together and, and make sure all three groups are playing well at the same time. Coach, uh, it's off to Montreal for this next game, heading out east. Uh, just tell us about the challenge that the Alouettes face another team coming off a bye for you guys. Yeah, it's a long trip. Um, we haven't had a lot of success there. Partially, I believe we've sometimes played day games out there. It's just tougher on our guys. Yeah. Um, but uh, early season, uh, they're a physical group. Uh, they've got skill. Uh, one thing, and I, I believe they're they're a confident group. So um, you know, for us, let's go grow and let's evolve a little bit. Let's get better. Uh, we've been pretty good on the road, but we have to also just—it's going to be tough. We got to just, you know, think about putting our hard hats on and, and going to work. And you know, the results will follow if you put the work in. Uh, I do believe the results will follow. And and for for us, we feel like it's time for us to get paid. We're putting the work in. We are mm-hmm. getting better. Now it's time for us to get paid and see the results. Coach, have yourself a great week and best of luck out east. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. There you go. That is the head coach and the general manager of. The Calgary Stampeders. That is Dave Dickinson. Obviously, he is like much better at all of his jobs than I'll be at any of mine. Um, That's a fair point. I would, I would have a tough time not having the GM brain on during the, the game. It's like guy misses a block, misses. Oh, you're cut. You're gone. I'm trading you for a. Do we have an? I is there a fifteenth round? Can yeah. we? Yeah, you're you're out of here. Gone. I do that uh, when I'm playing like campaign mode. Oh, totally. Like on, on video games. Like yeah. like especially in NHL where it's one of those things where just something ticky tack happens and I'm like you're done. Yeah. I'm I'm, tra- I'm trading you as soon as this game is over. Have I rage quit a game to trade a player before? Yes, I yeah. have. <laughs> yes, I have. 100%. For anything. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes it was entirely my fault, and I'm controlling the guy. Uh, it's yeah. almost always our fault because we're the one. We are controlling these guys. Like you, idiot! Why yeah. can't you shoot properly? I'm the yeah. one with the trigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the one who hit the poke check button that led to the yeah. trip. But yeah, you are exactly. taking the fall for this yeah. one. I think it's also important to point out that all three of us would probably rule with the same iron fist that we treat. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Computer <laughs> characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you think Masai trading DeMar DeRozan away was bad. You got nothing <laughs> on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the addition of Ja'Gar Davis. Mm. Yeah. 
you know, like we talked about earlier on the show, I don't love what it means for James Waters. And Dave kind of alluded to it. We'll find out what happens as the week goes on. Sounds like they're dealing with some other injuries, too, yeah. mm-hmm. that maybe weren't as blatant during the game. Well, <laughs> yeah. we, man, we saw some some guys that didn't show up in the game that had some some walking boots on there on the walkthrough there on Monday. Like... They was like they got beat up there on Sunday. Well, it, yeah. It's 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 it was a long. It was hot. Gotta, uh, a lot up and down that field. So of course, I yeah. got a ton of love for Bailey Divine Scott. Yeah. But also uh, on Bailey Divine Scott, like every snap, defensive back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Like he, he what he adds to the element of, of punt cover and kick return, sure. But having him out there constantly to be your main halfback type corner, like out there in a role yeah. every day, every down. Yeah. So yeah, Brad Muhammad, uh, obviously a guy that has experience, has been in the league, he's played with the Stamps. That'll be a big addition here, bringing him back. Uh, wonder why he left in the first place, but obviously... They, I feel like they felt like they could get better yeah. from someone who didn't cost as much. But that's personal. That's opinion. probably it. Yeah. Uh, but obviously that didn't happen because uh, the secondary hasn't been that, all that hasn't been all that great. They, no. they, they haven't been... Uh, no, not a lot of interceptions. I don't think the secondary has any interceptions actually this year. Titus Wall might be the only one. Oh. He's kind of like a will linebacker. Yeah, I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, so like, off the, like I don't think anybody out of that secondary has it. And, and Dave talked about that. They need to generate more turnovers from that type of like. Yeah, you can get the fumbles and whatnot, but they're not getting the big impact interceptions yet. So we'll see if Brad Muhammad can add to that. Pretty sure I was talking to Danny Austin about this when mm. we were at uh, the session back over the weekend at some point. You were there as well. Mm. But I wouldn't be shocked if Jonathan Moxie goes back to play mm. the, the field corner position yeah. where the dude was an absolute monster. Was it Brad who played beside Trey Roberson? Oh, God. I think they had somebody else that played there, and Brad was playing on the field side. Kobe Williams didn't play a ton because he was always hurt. They had Dozier. They had Leonard. Leonard might have been playing on the field half. I don't remember, mm. but... I could see a shuffling of the secondary coming. And Dave mentioned they're a little banged up there as well. Yeah, that so was the one wonder. that was a bit of a, oh, okay. Yeah, like Tay Daly went down early on. and, and Didn't even see what happened. He just announced in the press box, like, Tay Daly not returning. Okay. Okay. Yeah, didn't even <laughs> notice when he went down. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. down on the field or anything like that. I he, think he, he literally played a drive. Yeah. It was a drive, I think, for Ottawa. That it, he it might have been a special teams play. Yeah, it could have been. As well, so... Nevertheless, you know, they, they lost Brandon Dozier before the game. We don't know what his status is going to be like. Now, granted, it's the CFL, and it's football in general. You deal with injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to. It's a sport where you collide with each other 55 times a game. Like, that. That's it's going to lead to something bad happening a lot, actually. The only thing is that, and I've had people say this to me who have been longtime fans of the team, it was always the next man up. Yep. And yep. the next man up would come in, and he would ball out, and you would be like, oh, Nothing to worry about when a stampeder goes down Mm because these guys are coming in and and they're shooting the lights out. Yeah. And there just hasn't been the same type of gung-ho attitude when it hasn't been the impact guy coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, they've they've been able to do it. Like I've talked about Michael Griffin in that secondary. That's a guy I like a lot. Especially as a safety or Sam linebacker. But a guy learned it just literally in the first few months of his CFL career. Titus Wall was that guy. Yeah. Trey Odom's Dukes, you know, is kind of on the cusp of being that guy. He's had some solid mm-hmm. games. Like when when he gets fed the ball mm-hmm. consistently, 
He he plays well. He makes yeah. tough catches. He makes contested yeah. catches, and he does it across the middle. But there just hasn't been one of those dudes that just comes in like a secondary defensive lineman, mm-hmm. like Isaac Edeyemi Berglund, a solid mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. But you know, it seemed like Stampeders have passed. That guy would come in and just crush it. Yeah. I wonder how much the new spring leagues have to do with this, you know, because I wonder if a lot of those hidden gems that the Stampeders would find are now playing in the XFL Mm -hmm. or playing in the USFL. Um, So I just I wonder, like for a team that was so good at finding those things for so long. And again, as someone who maybe supports another team, frustratingly consistent Mm -hmm. in finding just new guy, new guy, new guy, new guy, new guy all the freaking time. I wonder if now that there's a bit more competition, a few other places for players to go, maybe you're, you're not going to lose out on some of the, the higher end guys in your league, but some of that, that depth may be a little bit gone now because there's a few more places for it to go. Yeah. And I, I feel this way about those leagues down in the U S like, do they have all the passwords to longevity and, and being a longstanding football league that's going to garner tons of viewership and millions of fans? I don't know that. Right. But at the time being, it is another option for those guys who want to go and make money playing football. Yeah. And the CFL, for a lot of American guys, the thing is, you're not going to come up and, and make preposterous money. Like we were mentioning to Garrett Davis earlier, and the Three Down Nation had him reported at $136,000 on a contract. Mm. Great money. Excellent money. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, as far as pro sports goes, for a guy of his caliber... It's not going to shock anybody. No. Right? You have to have that passion to come up and play in the Canadian game. And now there are other options down south where you can be closer to home, closer yeah. to family. Yeah, your parents don't need a passport to, to just come and watch you play They're one time a year. Typically bigger cities than, yeah. you know, unless you're in Vancouver or Toronto. And like Toronto, you don't get the fanfare, that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's... It's the same challenges that we see in the NHL with Canadian teams. There are inherent challenges, and with these new leagues popping up, the talent pool grows smaller, and I'm, I'm right there with you. But, you know, you still got to find them. Yeah. The thing is, there there is guys coming up and, and having an impact. Like, you look at some of the receivers around the league. Like, Justin Hardy's an American, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, he's come in and, and having himself a really strong year. There's mm-hmm. There's been guys who still come up to Canada and choose to make this their home and where they play and have success. But it just feels harder to not necessarily find the guys, but to maybe convince them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I, I think that's why you see the Stampeders going with a little bit more proven here with the, the couple of moves, a couple of guys sure. who they're a bit more familiar with. Like, okay, if we can't find uh, generational talent X, let's go out and get a, a Jer- Jaguar Davis who we just know he knows us. Let's just get him in there instead of trying to to polish up some of these gems. I didn't realize he was healthy last week. Yeah, that was surprising yep. to me. Yeah, because yeah. I thought he actually had a couple nice plays for the Hamilton defense the week prior. Yes, they... he's been getting the quarterback pretty well. Like he I, he hasn't been. I, I don't know if he's like absolute game changer at this point, but he's still been fine. Like I didn't yeah. think he was healthy, scratch worthy. I don't also watch the Hamilton defense that closely. Yeah. Well, things are going so well for them. I mean, they can afford to just dump talent here and there. You know? Weep womp. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break. That's hour two for you. Hour number three is going to be little Patrice Bergeron. We're going to get a little hockey chat in the middle of the summer. Patty B. Steve Conroy, Boston Bruins writer since 2001, covering the Boston Herald, uh, covering the Bruins for the Boston Herald. 
He will be joining us in uh, just a few minutes here. Rob Wilson, the EVP of Competition and Player Relations for Slam Ball, is also going to be uh, joining us just after 8.30. We also have Impossible Flames Trivia coming up at 8.45. Uh, all of that ahead right here on The Big Show, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.